Coming up on Facts from the Stacks. She literally a queen. She's got a posse, an she's entourage. Got, she's got her um her, her people with the, the giant leaf fans yes, fanning her, feeding her grapes. Like, what a cool gal. <laughs> Welcome to Facts from the Stacks, a news and trivia podcast for book nerds and library lovers. Facts from the Stacks, created by the staff at the Jackson-Madison County Library, is your library news and book-based trivia podcast. Join your hosts, Kelly and Shane, for what we're reading, what's happening in the library, and tons of trivia. We will have games and quizzes so you can follow along and test your knowledge, but also so we can stump other library staff. Hey, all you bug babes and insect inquirers. Mm -hmm. Welcome back. To Facts from the Stacks. Yeah, where today we are talking about Dewey number 595, which is the phylum arthropoda in the animal kingdom, a.k.a. lobsters, crabs, spiders, mites, scorpions, insects, centipedes, and millipedes. I didn't know we could have gone for lobsters. Yeah. (laughs) Silly me. Yeah. (laughs) I was just going all bugs all the time. Yeah. um, So it's all those things, and so we're going to... We're going to have an interesting episode about a topic that I generally don't like. No, the creepy crawlies. I don't like creepy crawlies of any kind or variety. No. So, yeah, that's going to be okay. We're going to learn some stuff. Mm-hmm. So we'll start with Recently Borrowed. Okay, so unsurprising to everyone, um, still haven't like finished the big read stuff, so we're still not doing anything in our spare time except existing. Right. Um, I do have like the next book I'm reading lined up, so once I'm done with big read, it's happening. What is she? Um, it's called Nona the Ninth. Oh, um, I've heard of that. It is a the third in a series of sci-fi fantasy-esque books by Tamsin Muir, Mm. who, um, it's just such a good, like it's necromancers in space. Mm. And for those who are not nerdy, (laughs) necromancers are like people who raise the dead and control skeletons and zombies. And it's very magic-y and it's really dark, but the author has a lot of like humor um it's it's fun um the first book was full of like sarcasm and dad jokes love it um the second book was a little more dark we had a really serious main character Mm -hmm. and this one everyone keeps telling me is like a kind of like a dumb golden retriever of a character and i love that too yeah so i'm really excited to read her that sounds fun yeah what about you what are you reading um, I'm in the middle of my Agatha Christie era because um, Halloween. So I'm oh, yeah. almost done listening to Halloween Party, which was the book behind the new movie, A Haunting in Venice. Oh, I need, I'm so excited to watch that. I just learned today that it's on Hulu. So I'm very excited because I really want to watch it. It's on Hulu now. Yeah, apparently so. Because it like blinked out of theaters quick. It seems like it did. Yeah. yeah. Like, because... 
I know it's not a horror movie, quote right. unquote, but it feels like it was, it was a very Halloween movie. Yeah. And we just passed Halloween. I wanted to see it last weekend and it wasn't there. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, if you do not have a Hulu subscription, come down to the library when the DVD is released yeah. and we will definitely have it. Surely. Um, because I know we have Death on the Nile mm-hmm. and Murder on the Orient, Murder on Express, the Orient Express. Which is the physical book I'm reading right now. Oh, how fun. Yeah. I just really love those movies and the books are fun. Too. They're good. I still need to read. Um, I, I would like to read them. I also need to watch Murder on the Orient Express. That's a I, good one. I watched Death on the Nile without realizing that it was part of that same series. Yeah, which they're not. You don't have to watch them like in you, order or anything. No, they're just sure the same don't. detective. Yeah. Which is fun. And I just love movies like that with a big ensemble cast. It's just fun. Yeah, I mean... Death on the Nile, having Gal Gadot. Yeah, and like, it's just like all the celebs in one yeah. spot. It was kind of like... Um, it was kind of like watching Knives Out. Yes, which I love the Which is such a great movie. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's what we've been checking out we're and watching and reading. Spooky. Yeah. Spooky for spooky season. But mm-hmm. now it's fall, so we're, you know, it's cozy time. Yeah, I'm having a moral dilemma in which I can't decide when I want to stop my... Because I haven't finished my fall list. I have several left that I could keep going. But when do I stop it and start my Christmas list? Ooh, see, I don't figure that out. I don't really get Christmassy until the month of December. Okay, I was I've always been a strict day after Thanksgiving gal. That's fair. But as I've grown older, it just goes by so fast. That's fair. So yeah. I'm like, like I'm not ready right this moment. So when I finish Halloween party, probably today, it's like, do I go for another fall read? Probably. Because but then like, when do I? Right, transition? because you'll blink and we'll be past Christmas as well. And that's not worth it. Yeah, that's fair. We went to Walmart last night Mm -hmm. um, and we were going to try and snipe some of that sweet Halloween discount candy. Um, Did not happen. They had already cleared all of it out and the the Christmas stuff is already out. Oh my gosh. Literally day after Halloween. When are you supposed to get your seasonal things on sale these days? You go to Spirit Halloween and hope. I guess, yeah. (laughs) That's it before they leave for the next year. Let's move on to Did You Know? 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 All right, you big know-it-all. Did You Know? So, I, just to lay the foundation for some general, like, information about arthropods, (laughs) about this whole phylum that we're talking about. Um, So, the distinguishing feature of an arthropod are you aware of what those distinguishing features are? No, but I'm just going to guess for why not. Yeah. Six legs. Not quite. Great. Um, is it something about like the the thorax, the abdomen, if you will? Yeah, kind of. It's the exoskeleton. The exoskeleton. Yeah. Um, the distinguishing feature is jointed chitinous skeletons that cover their body and like segment them into okay. the head, thorax and abdomen? Yeah, duh. Yeah. Isn't your thorax what the head, the ab- no, the head, the abdomen and the thorax. Okay. Yeah, okay. that's yeah, that's I right. think I was getting too specific cuz spiders mm-hmm. are under this umbrella, right? So I'm getting too crazy with Correct. my number of legs. Right. So also it is um the jointed um that they have jointed legs okay as well um that's just like a very vague like broad mm-hmm. definition of that um however arthropods compose 
80% of the animal world. Wow. Insects alone compose 75%. Whoa. So. Is that like population or like of the amount of species that exist, 75% are bugs? I feel like that is a population. Okay. Because, and this is the scary part that I don't like. (laughs) So there are around, you know, seven and a half billion people on earth, right? Mm -hmm. Humans. However, there are 10 quintillion oh gross insects no which means that there are approximately per human 1.4 billion insects i hate that i really don't like it oh my gosh so that's really horrible cursed information i don't like that i also don't like it Mm-mm. um we should have so... gotten this episode sponsored by zevo my bug trap that I love. Is it working better at home? It's going so great at home. I got a second one for the bathroom. Wow. Okay. It just wasn't working here at Yeah, work. I'm not sure why it didn't work at the library, but that thing is full of bugs. That's terrifying. Yeah. And I don't love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hate, I hate them. So yeah. that's some horrible knowledge to ruin your day. Happy Halloween. <laughs> happy. Yeah. Happy late Halloween. Yes. Um, you know, as of a week at the time you listen oh, to this, true. but for funny, us, yeah. two days. Mm-hmm. So, happy late Halloween. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back with more Facts from the Stacks. If you've been listening to us talk about the books we've been reading, but don't have the time to come in and check them out, there's a solution for you. The library has online resources, so you can check out books without ever leaving home. With Libby and Hoopla, you can access thousands of books, audiobooks, movies, TV shows, and magazines, all in the palm of your hand. Check out the episode's description or check out the library's website, jmclibrary.org, for more information. Yes, I just decided to zero in on honeybees because I feel like they're one of the least yucky bugs. Absolutely agree. (laughs) I love a bee. Yeah, they do a lot. And bee movie, what a flick. (laughs) Honestly, I love that movie. Okay, so um, I got this information from the young zoologist book, Honeybees, (laughs) found in the children's section. (laughs) Check it out today. Yeah, it's a wonder book, so it reads itself to you. Pretty fun. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Anyways, there are eight species of honeybees, which I thought was interesting. I didn't really think about different species underneath okay. the honeybee. I guess I thought that the honeybee was the species. Yeah, same. Yeah. Um, they live worldwide except Antarctica, which I also thought was interesting because, I mean, it doesn't seem crazy that there's bees everywhere, but you think that about a lot of animals and then that's just not the case. Yeah, and then they're just not, they don't exist there. Yeah, so bees are literally everywhere, which makes sense because... Their services are needed everywhere except Antarctica. Totally. Yeah. Um, This was kind of fun. Honeybees have special pollen baskets on each hind leg. Yeah. So corbicula. Yeah. So are those the little like bulby parts that you can see where their legs kind of like yeah, and they're get used a little fatter? To, like, collect pollen. They yeah. have little baskets on their little legs. I see. I love that. That's so funny. I didn't know what they were called. Yeah. Was... Corbi- corbicula. Corbicula. I love that. That's so I cute. I wish I had a basket built into my <laughs> legs. Yeah. Just have pockets <laughs> built in. Like a kangaroo. Like a kangaroo. But bees. But for bees. We love that. Um, and also bees have two types of eyes, which I didn't realize. So there's the two big ones that we can see and are familiar with. And they have a few little ones, like where like your third eye would be. Oh. Um, and those are just like simple lenses. And they're two big ones that we're more familiar with are what give them color vision. And those are made up of thousands of hexagonal legged lenses. 
Interesting. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And then they have a tongue called a proboscis. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Yeah, proboscis. Proboscis. Yeah, that sounds better. Because I think that's the same name for what butterflies use. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's similar to a straw, and it's used for sucking up liquid food like nectar, which I just think that's festive. Like, imagine if your tongue was a straw. I don't know that I like that. It's kind of creepy. It's a little creepy, yeah. (laughs) But for beverages, festive. Yeah, helpful. (laughs) Um, And then the man-made hive that we're... You know, that we would know, I would assume, um, you know, the big boxes. Those mm-hmm. are called a Langstroth hive after Reverend Lorenzo Langstroth, who invented them in 1851. Um, and the purpose was to give bees more space. So I guess in the previous man-made hives that humans were making, um, this reverend noticed that they, like, didn't have a lot of space to move around, so that's when he came up with this model. Interesting. And here we are, like, almost 200 years later, still using it. Whoa. Yeah. That's interesting. I've never thought about... I've never really thought about that. Yeah, like, I I feel like I have wondered, like, why are they... Why are they like that? Yeah. You know, what is the purpose? But yeah, I guess like, the big reason was space. And like, is this the optimal design? But yeah. since it's been used for 200 years, I guess it I is so. the optimal design. Yeah. Yeah. So that's bees part one. Bees part one. <laughs> wow. Um, so the next part of my research I got from a book in the adult section um, by David McNeil called Bugged, the Insects Who Rule the World and the People Obsessed with Them. So he kind of just went around and this is a man that loves bugs. Um, I don't know about loves bugs, maybe is more fascinated by bugs, which I am also. Same. But I would never do some of the things he does in this book. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, But he goes and he talks to people who are hobbyists like mm-hmm. beekeepers or people who breed tarantulas or all of this different kind of stuff. And I was reading through it and there's a lot of great information in the book. And I just wanted to share some of the things and then some of the experiences that he talks about. Um, so some of the information in 2005, uh, biologist Robert Dunn calculated that over the past 600 years, an estimated 44,000 species of insect have been lost, like extinct. Whoa. Of that estimated number, only about 70 per, seventy of them were actually recorded as a, this is an extinct species. Wow. So, like, we don't keep up with species of insects. Because there's so many. Because there's so many. Huh. We don't keep up with them the same way that we keep up with our animals that are endangered. Got it. Because generally, bugs are considered pests. Right. And so we don't keep up with it. It's not just because there's so many. It's also kind of speciesist. Right. So a lot of biologists say that a quarter of all insect species are endangered. Wow. Like they're they're threatened. Hmm. Um, And... A lot of that is because, again, we view them as pests and because of chemical extermination. Mm. We just put blanket chemicals down that are like, get rid of everything. Right. Bad and good. <laughs> Bad and good. Get rid of it all. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, an entomologist in the 60s discovered a specimen that he collected in the dunes of Northern California. He had collected this bug when he was visiting there in the 60s. And... He realized at some point that it was not any documented species. Hmm. 
Um, and so he, it was, it sat like in his garage for 20 years. And so he went back to try and find a living specimen of the species that he had found. And there were none. There were none left. So he kind of had the only documented. Yeah. Like even body of what this insect was. That's so interesting. Yeah. So that's kind of the rate at which we see insect extinction. Hmm. Yeah, so just over decades. It's kind of it's crazy how, you know, so I I get it. Mm-hmm. So, But maybe we should slow down on killing bugs yeah. all the time. I think there's a lot of other stuff that's bad that comes with it, too. There is. Like yeah. the reasons that they're being killed is causing a lot of other problems as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like pesticides and stuff. Yeah. Um, another little tidbit that it mentioned is that the Food and Agriculture Organization of the of the UN theorized that the worldwide economic pollination value of insects. So, like, if we were to put the money in to do the level of pollination ourselves that mm. insects do, then it would be about $216 billion a year. Wow. So that's kind of the scope of work that just having bugs does for pollination of yeah. crops and everything, huh. um, which I thought was, I mean, that's great. That's a lot of money. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, there's a quote from the book. At one point he goes and he talks with this woman who breeds tarantulas, which I would never do. No. I hate spiders are my mortal enemy mm. and I try to be a good person and not, Kill them on sight. Mm -hmm. But sometimes the fear is too great. Mm -hmm. And I just smack out of instinct. And Mm -hmm. it just, it happens. Um, But, so he goes to talk to this tarantula breeder. And she's, um, she breeds specifically these rose-haired tarantulas, which are like kind of pink. Classy. Um, They're really interesting. Um, I don't know if the breed that I'm thinking of is exactly those. But there are these ones that are covered in pink hair and like the tips of their little feet are like blue like dark blue Ooh, they're really like a Lisa interesting Frank spider it's kind of a lisa <laughs> frank spider yeah so um she calls them rosies rosies are what they're typically called but this quote really had me laughing um so he says how many spiders do you have i ask oh my gosh amber exclaims i probably have let's see there's 50 plus 100 rosies. Mm, she trails off, finger on a chin as she scans the cramped room. <laughs> Probably 200 tarantulas in this corner here. My mouth goes dry. <laughs> like, the fact that he's like... like he, so oh no. <laughs> that's that's how he writes the whole book, and it's really funny. That's good. Because he, he is fascinated with bugs, but also... That's a lot of tarantulas. That's a lot of tarantulas. <laughs> and so, like, it's just really funny how he how he talks about it. Yeah. And um, so he goes on through the book, and there's an entire chapter dedicated to um, the consumption of bugs. Oh. Um, that chapter is called Dining with Crickets. Mm. But he goes around um, Japan with this group of people and apparently there is a really interestingly large um culture of like eating bugs in some parts of japan 
Um, so they go around in, I think he said it was Tokyo. Now, he did say that part of the reason that he feels like we don't do that in America is because we view bugs as dirty, which mm. I I also do. <laughs> um and that's a huge part of it. And there are parts of Japan um, that are very concerned with that as well. I can't remember if it was Tokyo that they were in. Um, but he goes around and they have this meal. And it says, number f- dish number five, fried rice sprinkled with ant legs. Viewed aerially, the black legs remind me of my sink after a morning shave. Oh, no. In this dish, Ari explains, ants are used as a spice. In China, ants can be used as salad dressing for a hint of sourness. A few spoonfuls later, my uvula is coated in legs like a prickly pear cacti. (laughs) My eyes turn red from excessive coughing. (laughs) So, like, he's trying to eat this fried rice and... All the ant legs are stuck in the back of his throat (laughs) and he starts gagging. Oh my gosh. And like, it's just like good on him for trying. Yeah. But like, I don't know that I could get behind it. No. Mm -mm. Um, There was one part in the book that he even says that there was a, um, there was someone, I don't know if it was like a, food like someone in the food industry or something was like oh well we predict we will view eating bugs as a normal thing in the next 10 years okay i disagree with that yeah because this was written in 2017 oh i so i'm thinking four years from now we are not going to have a cultural viewpoint shift that is that yeah i was gonna say what you've said reminds me of something i've seen on youtube a few times like i watch a few youtubers that are all about like a sustainability and they introduced the concept to me i'd never heard it before of like eating bugs as a more sustainable protein source so like because the meat industry especially in our country is so like messed up and is causing all these problems environmentally there you can buy like crickets and things like to put in brownies for Uh extra protein so like it started for sure. It has. But uh, yeah, saying it's going to be mainstream in the next four years, IDK. You know? Right. I don't, and I don't know that <laughs> I, there might be some things that I would be willing to try. Yeah. Like he talks about um, cricket flour. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's just extra protein that you're basically adding to other things. Right. I might be able to get behind that because it is not a recognizable Right. The ant leg thing with the hairs. Ooh. I couldn't do the ant leg thing. I would not do, like, larva. No. I couldn't. Like, that kind of stuff, I'm not into. No. But if we're, like, if we're in a form that is totally unrecognizable. Yeah. um, There was, he also talks about a brand of, um, like, tortilla chip Mm. that's called Chirps. (laughs) <laughs> that is cute. made for it's kind of cute that's made from cricket yeah i would probably try that i would probably try it and the, in fact the restaurant that one of the restaurants that he visits in here with some of his friends they're eating like salsa and they're mm-hmm. like mm, these like flaxseed chips are so good oh, no. <laughs> and he's like that's cricket <laughs> and they just kept eating it because they're like i mean it's really at this point you've already eaten it yeah 
That also reminds me, I think on Zac Efron's Netflix show, where he goes around the world and like learns about sustainable things. I have not watched that, but it sounds fascinating. It's really good. I think there's one episode, I don't remember where they were, but you know, like you were saying, he went to Japan and it was common there. He went somewhere where this is really common Mm -hmm. and he ate a bunch of bug dishes too. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, I really, I really do recommend Bugged. It is so funny and it's, I just totally agree with him being fascinated by bugs, but also like, bugs are kind of gross sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) It's a great read. That's awesome. Yeah. We'll be right back with more Facts from the Stacks. We all know that libraries have books, and most of us know that libraries have had movies since VHS tapes were still a thing. But did you know the library has so much more? Want to make pasta but don't want to buy a pasta machine? Need a drill to make some very important home repairs? What about a new board game that isn't Monopoly, so you can play games with friends and family without hating them? Yeah, we have that too. Check one out. So next time you visit the library, be sure to check out our library of things to find your thing. Okay, so some more facts about bees. Bees part two. Yes, bees part two. Um, So the members of the colony, number one, we have the drones, which are all of the male bees, and they don't have a stinger. I didn't know that. I feel like I did at some point, but I can't remember where I learned that. I feel like it was kind of recent. Hmm. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, They're larger than the worker bees, and they are produced by the queen with eggs that aren't fertilized. So that's how drones are made. And then conversely, the worker bees are all the females, and they come from fertilized eggs. Okay. Which I thought was so interesting because, like, humans come from fertilized eggs no matter what. Right. That is interesting. your chromosomes decide your gender. Huh. But bees. It's a matter of fertilization. Interesting. That is interesting. And then um, the worker bees are the ones that die when they sting, as we're more familiar with. And then the queen, there's one per hive, and her job is to lay eggs to help the hive grow. Um, she controls all of the hive activities with her pheromones. That's see, I knew a little bit about that because I know that there was a like a TikToker that was a beekeeper that she transported. She tried to transport some bees, and I guess she may have accidentally gotten the queen in with what she was transporting. Mm. And she took a video of her van, and, like, the entire colony had followed her oh. her van and had, like, was trying to get into her van oh, because their the queen. queen was in there. Oh, my gosh. That's so yeah. interesting. It's wild. These are really cool. Yeah, they are, honestly. Wow. Um, And she has a retinue, R-E-T-I-N-U-E, which is a group of six to ten worker bees who feed, groom, and take care of her. Oh. She's literally a queen. She's got a posse, an entourage. She's got her... um her, her people with the, the giant leaf fans yes, fanning her, feeding her grapes. Like, what a cool gal. <laughs> um, and then something else I thought was interesting is that bees prefer dirty water. Um, so like waters from puddles or ponds that are more rich in minerals. Oh, that's so interesting. So like they like water that's, you know, dirty. That's interesting. Which makes sense because it has more nutritional value for them. Whoa. But I thought that was cool. And then, so I was talking earlier about their two 
two big eyes with the hexagonal lenses. That's what helps them see color. But they see color differently than we do. Um, they can see see some colors on the ultraviolet spectrum. Oh. And this book mentioned that some flowers have special UV patterns designed specifically to attract bees. Oh. So there's like all this stuff going on that we can't even that see. That we can't see. Yeah. And they can't see the color red. Really? Mm -hmm. That's interesting because we have so many red flowers. Yeah, true. So what pollinator are those flowers meant to attract? That's a great question. Maybe butterflies or something? Maybe so. Interesting. I wonder, yeah, if butterflies can see red. Whoa. I should have looked into butterflies, too. I do also really like butterflies. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) That's so cool. Yeah, bees. Bees. (laughs) All right. So I know that we we think that eating bugs is weird. (laughs) However, I thought that we would go with some weird arthropods. Okay. Um, because there are definitely some weird ones. We've Surely. talked about weird animals. We've talked about weird plants. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about weird bugs. Let's do it. So the first one that I looked at is called the tiger beetle. Mm. So it is a native to Australia bug because... Of course it is. Yeah, all of the be crazy. All of the terrifying <laughs> things live in Australia. Um, so they have these huge, like these huge, powerful jaws and giant mandibles. Like, mm. so they've got the mandibles that are about as big as their head. Ugh. So like, just big pinchers right yeah. out front. Um, so they use those to hunt small insects and spiders. Um, and even as larvae, they're really deadly and they can use those same pinchers. They will burrow underground and like pop up and grab things. Oh my word. So the scary part, (laughs) the scary part (laughs) is that they can reach speeds of 5.6 miles an hour. So imagine that you're like having yourself a little jog, Uh you know, you're just jogging along and there is this beetle that is running (laughs) the same speed you are. It's terrifying. That's crazy. So like, you know, average average running speed in humans is like six to eight miles an hour, depending on who you are. Mm -hmm. So like. This thing can run almost as fast as a person. That's now that's crazy. that's a run. That's not like a full-on sprint, but like if you're having a sustainable run, yeah, that could get chased by a beetle. That's terrifying. Whew. Like I I don't understand, but it is one of the. Um, oh, I wish I had written this down. I think it said that it is the fastest proportionately thing in mm. the animal kingdom. I be- I believe. Okay. I'll have to double check that. That's interesting. Yeah, terrifying. Hmm. Um the second one is like we're going to go ahead and I'm going to slap a little trigger warning here. <laughs> um cuz this one grosses me out every time I see it cuz I've seen it on like Animal Planet and stuff. Mm. Um the tongue-eating louse. Are you familiar? No, I don't like the name of it. Okay, so well, here's the good news: is that it only um, it is only a parasite to fish, so we are fine. Poor guys. Um, So these are you will find pictures on the internet of fish, and their entire um, tongue is a parasite. Mm. Um, So they will enter the fish like several of these um, 
male lice mm-hmm. will enter the shrimp, uh, enter the fish, and will travel to one of them will change to a female <laughs> and then travel to the mouth of the fish uh-huh. and will attach to the base of the tongue and cut off the blood supply. Right. The tongue falls off and dies. It's like a heist. <laughs> and then the parasite becomes the tongue of the fish. Oh my gosh. So th- at that point, the louse can feed on the blood supply of the fish mm-hmm. and also all the like algae and little bits that get in the mouth. Um, and then the other lice that came in with it live in the gills and just feed off of the like little bits that get in there as well. Mm. Um, so the fish is able to live for years with this. Wow. And other than the tongue dying and falling off, the fish is totally unharmed. Weird. And so... It's just, it's not really beneficial in any way, shape, or form to the fish, but no. it doesn't hurt the fish. That's so it's crazy. not like a, it's not a symbiotic relationship because the fish does not get a benefit from that, mm-hmm. but it doesn't hurt it at least. But it is the only parasite known to replace the entire organ of a host. Oh, wow. So. Who knew fish could get lice even? That's terrifying. I never thought of that. Yeah, they're called <clears throat> louse, like they're called lice, but like. No lice I've ever seen. Mm-mm. It's gross. <clears throat> and then the the last weird insect that I found is the cyanide millipede. Oh my! Um, so it's a millipede that produces hydrogen cyanide to hunt prey and protect itself. So because of that, um, it does not have many natural predators. Um, just like the plant we talked about last time, you know. Cyanide is just just a great way to protect yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so normally storing hydrogen cyanide at a room temperature is harmful. And if the beetle just had that um, had that in its body, it would harm the beetle. So instead, it keeps two separate chemicals in different segments of its body. Oh, wow. So when it feels threatened, it mixes the two, and out of the pores of the centipede come the hydrogen cyanide. That's crazy. Yeah, it produces up to 0.6 milligrams of hydrogen cyanide, which I don't know anything about cyanide. I don't know what, like, a what a how lethal it is right like in what doses Mm -hmm. however it did say that that is enough to kill mice wow and stun larger predators so like birds and stuff like that will stun oh my gosh yeah so it can just straight up kill mice Mm -hmm. yeah just casually Mm -hmm. um wow so those are a few weird bugs that I found. Do you have anything else you would like to add? No, bugs are weird. That's it. Just yeah. bugs are weird. That's a valid standpoint. Yeah. Um, oh, there is one, just one little side note that I did read about, I think, in this book. Um, you know the... Are you familiar with what they call velvet ants? Mm-mm. They're like a little... It's like about yay big, like good... I don't know, three quarters of an inch, mm-hmm. but it's a little like red and black ant and it's really fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Um, they're 
not super common, but I've seen them around here. And I, th I always thought they were an ant, mm. but they're not actually an ant. What I learned is that they are a wingless wasp. Whoa. A wingless female wasp that is just, that's like the females, I think, hmm. just don't have wings. And they just crawl around and they will sting and it does, it is extremely painful. For sure. Yeah. It's just, just wild. Wow. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. That's a weird common thing we have around here. Just Tennessee things. Just Tennessee things. <laughs> yeah. Super fun. All right. Um, so I guess that is our episode on mm -hmm. bugs. Um, a little shorter than our episodes have been because I don't like bugs. Yeah. Wrap it up. <laughs> but wrap it up. Quick as possible. Um, however... You can join us for our next episode, which is actually episode 17. Um, in two weeks, we are going to talk about coffee, which is fun. Yeah. Because I drink coffee a lot and don't feel like it ever does anything for me. Same. Yeah. But like, I just kind of do it anyway. But yeah. you know what? We'll research why that is. Yeah, let's maybe. find out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you for listening, as always. If you have um, creepy bug stories, mm -hmm. send them to us on Facebook. Comment on the episode link wherever you want to do that. Mm -hmm. And Kelly will see it, and I'm sure that she would be so happy to share your creepy bug stories with us next Absolutely, time. Absolutely, I sure would. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we will see you in two weeks. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.